I want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to look at what it, it, the snapshot of being spirit-empowered, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Joel prophesied, and then Peter reiterated later on, that God would pour out in the end times his Holy Spirit on all flesh. So there is an amazing opportunity for believers to get a hold of and understand the provision of God, salvation, healing, deliverance, and then the mighty supernatural aspects of God. It's just an amazing uh, privilege to be slotted in with the creator of the universe who he designed us in his image and made us for his purposes and includes us and calls us to be joint heirs with Jesus, co-laborers with Christ, and he's chosen our inheritance for us. And, you know, it says in, in Psalm 2.8, call to me and I'll give you the, the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. So uh, we call on the Lord from Chesterfield Valley where we are and you guys watching online wherever you are, and we believe for this repercussive impact of uh, the gospel, the power of Jesus going throughout all the earth. We sang about a move of God. Isn't it amazing when God does move? You know, there was a case, a case in the Bible where sick people, an angel would stir the waters in a well in, in a, an area and they'd get in it and they'd be healed. And it's just like these kinds of provisions are, it's extraordinary, it's supernatural. It's extraordinary. It's supernatural. And uh, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm, I'm teaching on the nine gifts of the Spirit. And we'll look at chapter 12, verse 1, and then we'll jump down to 7 and go through 11, which itemizes the nine gifts. Ready? Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. I don't know what your Bible says. King James says ignorant. What would your, any other translations of that unaware? Uninformed. So he wants us to have information. That's good. What else? Blindsided. He doesn't want us to be oblivious or blindsided concerning the things of the Spirit. Any other translations? Misinformed. Yeah. So there's a lot of deception out there. You know, the Old Testament warned ancient Israel not to go to seers or uh, witchcraft or that kind of thing. As a Christian, I learned uh, that astrology is not for me. Psychics are not for me. Uh, those are counterfeits to what is uh, emanating out of this chapter. And you can see in the Bible, they, there was witchcraft current in the uh, just... I guess, filling the Roman Empire. And um, we, we, we're admonished to turn from those things, but we're admonished here to hunger and thirst after these things. In fact, uh, it says we're not to be ignorant, uninformed, misinformed, unaware, blindsided. And in fact, in chapter 14, we're to pursue love. How many of you as a Christian realize you have to walk the love walk? Yeah, yeah. And how many of you remember 1 John 4, 8, that God is love, right? God so loved the world. Uh, LaDonna quoted John three sixteen tonight. Well, we know love is an imperative, but also we are to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Did you hear that? 
And I remember in the 60s and 70s, uh, there was a move of the Holy Spirit amongst the lost. I was a lost, you know, detached, secular kid. But also, at the same time, God was moving in the mainline church and uh, bringing uh, the uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was called the charismatic movement. And it was a move. It was a move of the Lord, and it was wonderful. And um, God is going to do it again and again, right? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, it says here, he doesn't want us to be unaware, misinformed. Um, uh, he, He doesn't want us to be blindsided. He wants us to not be ignorant. So there's the necessity to be a life learner, and go into the word of, word of God and trust that he will inspire and illuminate it, right? Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that you be with my mouth and, and give me utterance and show me what to say. And I, that we would have a hearing of faith and this would be a right on, a lined up and accurate, theologically sound, sound doctrine and a spirit of faith. Uh, it helps us in the love walk and it helps us to persevere and make a difference in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Verse 7, and uh, it says, But to each one was given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I'm convinced that the Lord, as the head of the church, has particular investment in each and every individual that responds to him throughout the ages. I believe we all have gifts. I believe that it's not just uh, clergy, it's not just laity, it's both. It's all. It's not just men, it's not only, it's not just women, it's all. It's not the elderly or it's not the elite, it's not the disenfranchised. God has inclusive strategy and wants to use and deploy every one of us. Has a plan for each of our lives. Now, there are varieties of gifts and ministries and effects, but it's the same spirit that works all things in all persons. So God's at work in us, and God wants to do a work with us concerning these things. And we're not to be ignorant of it, so here we go. Uh, Each one is given the manifestation of the spirit, so we'll feel better about ourselves. Does it say that? No. To each one is given a manifestation of the spirit, so we could be a hot shot in a church service. It doesn't say that. It says, for the common good, for the common good. And um, that's what the gifts are for. The gifts are for expression of the love of God. And, and, and if you just see what these gifts are, you'll see everyone embedded in every one of them is help for hurting mankind. And here's what it says here. And we're going to really delve into verse 8 and get back to it. But I want to read all the way to 11 and read out all nine of these gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another, the word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by this one Spirit, to another, the effecting of miracles, King James says, working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the distinguishing or or, or discerning of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. Again, he's distributing to each one individually, 
just as he wills. And uh, in fact, God is proliferating and flourishing uh, in his people. There's glory in, the, in, in Christ Jesus, but there's also glory in the church. And we are in a position right now where God is moving in a very strategic way. I'm happier in ministry than I've ever been. I'm more excited about ministry than I've ever been. I'm more excited about being a Christian than I've ever been. I have an anticipation of something that is uh, it's, it's, it's very strong. I feel, I feel very enthusiastic. And um, I feel responsible on Friday nights here at St. Louis Family Church to go and delve into chapters 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians. And then... On Sundays, I'm doing a series on Jesus. I'm preaching about who Jesus is, what Jesus does, what Jesus is doing on the inside of us, right? And, uh, I, you know, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I think it was verse 2, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So I'm determined on Friday night to uh, discuss the power of the Holy Spirit and on Sunday, I'm inspired to discuss the wonder of who Jesus is and his amazing, beautiful, unique, awesome, glorious. Come on. I'm jumping to Sunday now, but Sunday's coming. But right now it's Friday. And um, one and the same spirit works all these things distributed to each one individually just as he wills. Now, we are to... Pursue love, but we're to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And if you turn to chapter 12, verse 31, if you have your Bibles, we'll look at it up on the screen. It says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I heard somebody explain, well, what are the, what are the greater gifts? The, the greater gifts are the gifts that are the ones most needed at a moment. So if somebody's sick, we need the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith right? If somebody's confused, we need the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And uh, there, there, are, there are different things and different, uh, we need a prophetic heads up, we need prophecy, we need tongues and interpretation of tongues and so forth. So all these um, work, God, the same spirit works all these things. By the way, these aren't things of human manufacture. These are things the Holy Spirit works through people. That's why I'm, I'm dissuaded to get involved with psychic stuff and paranormal stuff uh, that's not rooted in the Bible and rooted in Jesus uh, because uh, I, I, I don't want to go into error. I want, I want the, the Holy Spirit will always and only guide us into the truth, and God's word is truth. So uh, we are to desire earnestly spiritual gifts, and I want to say I think they are to be incorporated into our daily lives. And uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it's just, a, just, to, just to spend some time in this. We're going to go to verse 8. And um, these, these gifts all operate, you know, sometimes they can operate individually. Sometimes they can be uh, operating concurrent together. There can be more than one gift operating at a time. And we're going to look at the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Now, if you're a note taker, I've got a definition. I worked on this the last couple of weeks. I talked about it last week, and I just 
I want to just, there are only nine of them, so I want to be thorough with these so we could really learn from this. So I'm going back to Word of Wisdom. And it is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning certain facts. It's a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning certain facts in the mind of God that God sees and knows that he's willing to give to us facts about people, places, or things in the past or in the present. Facts about people, places, or things in the past or the present. Now, last week I, I showed in Jesus' ministry with he saw Nathaniel under a tree before he walked up. And, uh, you know, either he had a word of knowledge and then he had a word of wisdom about how he was an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. And he had, that was a discerning of spirits, actually. So he had a word of knowledge and a discerning of spirits. Now, a word of wisdom is similar to a word of knowledge, um, but speaks of the, I'm sorry, I mixed these up. The word, I just told you what a word of knowledge is. The word of wisdom is similar to the word of knowledge, only it speaks of the future. Word of wisdom is the past or the present, and word of wisdom is speaking of the future. We had a minister visit our church in the 90s, and I was in a church service uh, in Ohio with my wife. We were standing there at the altar, and we were, had had a wonderful meeting, worship, and hearing the word, and so forth. And he turned and looked at us, and he said, the Lord told me this morning, he spoke to me about this, and he told me to go to your church by revelation. And that would have been, uh, uh, would have been the, the, the word of wisdom. He got, a, he got a revelation about the future. God prompted him, and it was good, and there was a great outcome with it. And um, I've got three examples from the New Testament there, the, there are many of them, but these I thought would be interesting for you tonight of uh, the word of knowledge and word of wisdom operating in tandem, operating together. Uh, this, and remember, we're to covet these gifts. And I, I'm going to tell you as I'm preaching this, you and I, we have at different times operated in these things, maybe unbeknownst to us, like maybe we were unaware, maybe we were not informed. But now just by being, oh, well, that's what that is. It'll help us because we're to covet these things earnestly. And again, it's as the Spirit wills, and, he, and it's not by human manufacture. So that's where the church can get in trouble. And, 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 but it can get in trouble by being dead and cold and resistant to these things, uninformed about these things, or to try to produce it uh, and uh, duplicate it um, you know, over and over again. It's like, as the Spirit wills, you, you, you can't, it's not something that's of, of, of human origin, it, it's supernatural. And uh, don't you appreciate how amazing God is? He's supernatural. Doesn't that pique your interest a little bit? So, the first example I want to show you is, is an interesting one, and it's John, the Apostle John, on the Isle of Patmos. And uh, here's an example where the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge are operating together in the book of Revelation, chapter 2. Um, the, the, remember, the, the, he had uh, been ministered to by a vision. He was having a vision. Uh, 
And you're going to see that there are different ways God will convey these gifts. It could be a subtle prompting, an inward witness. It could be a vision or a dream. Uh, angels come and give messages, uh, which it tends to be a little bit more rare. But nevertheless, these are biblical, there's biblical precedents for this. It's modeled thoroughly throughout Jesus' ministry, the Old Testament and the book of Acts and so forth. So these are things we don't need to shy away from. We're not to be, what was it, uninformed or misinformed? Your translation said uninformed and your translation said misinformed. Mine said unaware and the King James says ignorant. So we are not to be in any of those categories. We're to be thoroughly uh, trained, taught, uh, uh, to, to have a spiritual understanding. So there are people in here that at work, you're going to get a quickening. It's going to be a word of knowledge about something or a word of wisdom. And you need to, get, you need to listen to what I'm preaching. It'll help you. You're, you are spirit-equipped. Uh, you parents, you're going to get words of knowledge for your children. You're going to get words of wisdom about things. You're going to have discerning of spirits about, their, about friendships, I'm telling you. And you don't want to be an overbearing, overly controlling parent, but you also don't want to relinquish your duty. You want to be, led by, you want to be a spirit-led parent. You want to be a spirit-led uh, wife or husband. You want to be, I, want to, I want to pastor this church supernaturally. You that own a business, you want, to, you want to be led by the Spirit. You want to pick up business you're supposed to pick up and refrain from what you're not supposed to do. You know, they're just things we've got to hear from heaven about, right? And we'll listen to him. And, and, and John was, he banished to the Isle of Patmos, and, uh, but you can't keep a good man down. The Lord just visited him and spoke to him. And Revelation is, is the only book in the Bible that says you'll be blessed by reading it. Uh, you'll, you are blessed by all the books, but that one says specifically you'll be blessed, so don't, don't shy away from Revelation. And the Lord spoke to John uh, in, in the form of a vision. And Jesus appeared to him in this vision, and he began, he began to tell him things about the present condition of the seven churches that were in Asia Minor. And uh, you remember the church at Ephesus, the church at Laodicea, Thyatira, Pergamum, Philadelphia, and so forth. There, there, there are seven of them, and uh, Sardis, and so forth. And um, beautiful detailing about the, the present, past and present condition of these churches. And then it kicks into a word of wisdom. The Lord began to speak to him about the future according to the plans and purposes for each of those church bodies. Uh, and it's just a fascinating um, tethering of the word of knowledge, which is sp supernatural insight uh, into what's happening right now or what had happened, and then also supernatural insight about what to do. Like with the Laodicean church, you've, you know, you've gone lukewarm, and, you know, and he said, but I'm standing at the door and knocking, and if you hear my voice, open the door, I'll come in. So that's just a beautiful thing of the word of knowledge and then the word of wisdom. Here's another one in, in, in Acts chapter 9. Let's go to Acts chapter 9, and we'll read verses uh, 10 through 16. Acts chapter 9, and this is a guy named Ananias, not to be confused with Ananias and Sapphira. That story's uh, different from this story. Um, chapter 9, here Saul of Tarsus is mean and, and, and hostile toward the church, and he has a road to Damascus conversion, and you read about that. And he was on 
the road to Damascus, but the Lord told him to go to a street called Straight. And, uh, and, and, there, and he was supposed to meet a guy, and his name was Ananias. Now let's look at this in terms of the gifts of the Spirit. Chapter 9, verse 10, it says, uh, concerning Ananias, it says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord, wouldn't you? And the Lord said to Ananias, get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Now see, that's a current, that's, that's past or present. So this is a word of knowledge. And he got it through a vision, and he... Uh, and God, the, the, in verse 12, the Lord speaking to him, has seen in a vision a man named Ananias. So <laughs> God's visiting Ananias. He's up ahead at Damascus. And then he's speaking to Saul of Tarsus. And he's saying, there's a guy named Ananias I want you to connect with. He's going to lay hands on you. And so you might regain your sight. Remember, his, he was blinded by the light uh, in, in, uh, on the road to Damascus. <laughs> I was just thinking of a song lyric. <laughs> oh, man. A lot of KC95 up in this mind here. Okay, so Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your, serv- your saints in Jerusalem. Now, this is amazing about human agency. God's knocking on the door of Ananias' heart. He says, here I am, Lord. And then he, he's speaking to him, it's explicit detail. And then he drops this thing on him, that, this Saul of Tarsus. And he's like, hey, Lord, uh, this guy's tough, you know. And um, the Lord, you know, didn't shame him for telling him that. There's this, this is this relational interaction that true believers are to have with God. And to be candid, you know. God's candid with us, and he wants us to be candid with him. And he, he, and he says, and here he has authority from the chief priest to, to bind all who call on your name. Sometimes God will speak something to us, and we need to work through some of the circumstantial elements of it. And he had to, you know. And this guy would have known that God would have known all this because he's, he's all-knowing, you know. And it's not like I'm, he's telling God something new, but he's saying, God, uh, I, I'm a little reluctant here. The, you know, he, he's not saying, in case you didn't know, he, he, he's just having a moment with the Lord. And it's, I just want to tell you, that speaks of depth to me. That speaks of authenticity to me. And the Lord said to him, he didn't say, I know that, duh, talk to the hand. He didn't say any of that kind of thing. He didn't disparage him for having this conversation with him or clarifying or, you know, kind of opening his concerns to him. But he said, yeah, yeah, he said, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. And then he has a word of wisdom. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying his hands on him, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he got up and was baptized, and he took food, and he was strengthened. How about that? So now the Lord, as you study this, uh, gave a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge working together. And um, the word of wisdom revealed to Ananias the plan and the purpose that God had. The word of knowledge revealed specific details and facts to Ananias concerning the whereabouts of Saul. God had, you know, that he had given him. I visited him in a vision. I'm visiting you in a vision. And uh, it was God's plan for Ananias to go and inquire for Saul. And actually, God had a catalyst up ahead that was going to be instrumental in the liberation of Saul of Tarsus. Scales would fall off of his eyes, and he would get that critical component of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he argued, not in a harsher, dismissive way, not in a cynical or skeptical way, not in an overanalyzing way, but in a, in a moment, he's, hey, God, this... Are you sure you want to pick this guy? You know, you, he didn't, you know, and see, he didn't even know the depth of what was about to happen. And that's why we should covet earnestly spiritual gifts. You, you just don't know when you're just being kind to people or you're, 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 you're endeavoring to share the gospel with them or, or live the Christian faith before them. Um, you, we, you, we don't often get a full picture and this is what I want to say to you. The word of wisdom and the word of knowledge are just that. It's a word. It's a fragment. And uh, I, I heard this example. I, you know, when you call an attorney for uh, advice, um, they, you know, if they're a good attorney, they'll give you competent advice. They, they pass the bar exam and they're your attorney and you have a trust and you have them on retainer or whatever and you pay them you know, the amount, you, the significant amount you pay and, and you know they have studied and they're thorough and they pass tests. But you, you don't expect them to tell you all the, uh, the constitutional law, all the real estate law, all the international business law. You, you just wanted to know about this particular item, right? So, you know, I, in fact, when Dick Mills used to come to church here, He'd say, I've got a good word for you. And, uh, and, he, and he often and, uh, and always did, really. The guy was one of the most accurate and most wonderful believers that flowed in uh, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit. He was just really committed to it, and he, he was uh, yielded, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was healthy. And I, I even remember some things he prophesied that were really super helpful to us and encouraging to us. Actually, it was all helpful to us, including the warning and the heads up that what Ananias said, you're called to the Gentiles and their kings and the lost sheep of Israel, and I'll also show you what things you must suffer. And it didn't ever, by the way, Paul didn't suffer with sickness and disease. Paul was persecuted. Everywhere he went, crowds, demon, that Satan stirred up crowds and in fact, I think that was Paul's thorn in the flesh. I don't think it was a physical malady. I think it was persecution from people. And, uh, he, and he, you know, he inquired of the Lord about it, and God said, my grace is sufficient. You know? And it was due to the abundance of revelation he had. Um, I'm getting trailed off there, but just to get back to it, 
Dick Mills even prophesied to us things we would come through way before the pandemic and way before what the outcomes were. And he, God gave him as a seer a prophetic insight 25 years prior to that. And I, had it, I wrote it down. It's documented. And I, I mean, I have it in my backpack. I, I pull it out and I read it. You should see the covers all tattered. And I read that because by it, you fight the good fight of faith. It's not scripture. It's somebody picking something up and having a word that lines up with the word of God, honors Jesus, and bears witness in my spirit. And it's been hugely helpful. This was apparently really helpful for Saul of Tarsus because his scales fell off. And I want to say that there are people God wants us to cross paths with, and this is part of why we should hunger and thirst for the gifts of the Spirit. You can pick things up and preempt things, if, you know, and, and I really want to do a better job at being led by the Holy Spirit, don't you? And um, so we're not to be uninformed, misinformed, ignorant, or unaware, Right? I want you to know, and one way you could look at the first verse of chapter 12 is concerning the things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. There's a mother here with a bunch of boys. and uh, You know, God's given you wisdom about what to do with each. They're, they're totally different from each other. They all have different callings. They all have different uh, interests. They all have different gifts, gifts differing. And, um, you know, people that work for us, Tina, uh, you, you, she pick, she'll pick things up in the spirit and, and she'll operate in her gift. Nancy, she's, she has an anointing on her life and uh, she'll flow in that facet and it, it's, it's different from my anointing and, and it complements a church when it's functioning uh, the way it should. Um, it, it ends up being a magnificent expression of God's plan. And when it's, when it's out of order, like what Paul had to, had to gently correct in the book of 1 Corinthians, it, it, it brought attention to people, it brought uh, uh, repellence to the lost, it caused trouble, and, and people thought they were mad. So there's, there, everything needs to be done in decency and in order. God, it want, the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has always been credible, but there needs to be credibility restored to uh, this this aspect of things because, oh, there are people that are hostile to it, dismissive of it, resistant to it, don't believe it, or people that have been burned and they're wanting to run away from the crazy aspects of, of, of poor behavior. Well, so, but yet, Ananias is not acting goofy here. John on the Isle of Patmos, Patmos had a spectacular revelation. Ananias got the, got the spiritual heads up to, uh, to know the present and past tense issues of, of Saul of Tarsus' life, but then also, uh, you know, to have that insight on what was coming up ahead for him, including the challenges he would have to face. And he was not bashful to make that uh, clarification to Saul in that moment. He's a chosen instrument of mine to the Gentiles and their kings and to the uh, the lost sheep of Israel, and also what things he must suffer for my name's sake. Uh, I don't have this on my notes, but Agabus, the prophet, grabbed Paul's belt and bound himself up with it and said, the man that owns this belt is going to be bound up if he goes to Jerusalem. And he, Agabus apparently, we know in part and we prophesy in part. All Agabus was required to do was to show that to Saul. Saul said, I already know that. 
It's just confirmation. That's what the Lord showed me. But I'm still going, I have to go to Rome. And he pushed to go to Rome even when the, the, they tried to let him go free. And he said, no, you cannot let me go free. I'm going to Rome. He wouldn't even accept early uh, release. Because, I mean, it's radical. When you get adamant about your calling, it'll help you go through the good times and the hard times. And the gifts help you to, um, they, they, they bring strength to you so that by these things you could fight the good fight. And it's awesome and it's holy and it's wonderful and I'm thankful for it. Um, so the, the, the things that happened to Paul in chapter 14, verse 19, he was stoned and left for dead. And that was actually what Ananias had, had a, a word of wisdom about. But yet, uh, he, God raised him up. And if you ever read those two places in the Bible where Saul of Tarsus, he talks about, I was stoned this many times, I was beaten this many times, I was left for dead, I was shipwrecked. You know, it's pretty radical. You know, it's like that'll help you if you have all these aspirations to be in ministry to rethink it. Anyway, uh, you know, just saying. And then uh, uh, I have one more that I, I just really, I'm fascinated by this one. And it's in Acts chapter 8. So let's go back to Acts chapter 8. That was Ananias. This is Philip. Now... In Acts chapter 8, we see an example again of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom uh, operating together through laymen. And uh, Philip, at this time, uh, was a deacon, and he, which is, he's a servant in the church, and he had been appointed to serve tables in Acts chapter 6, verse 2 through 3. We know, we know about Stephen, but Philip was one of those um, uh, deacons. Later, God moved him and called him. He was destined to be in the office of the evangelist. In Acts chapter 21, verse 8, they called him Philip the evangelist, and his daughters prophesied. Uh, they were moving in, in, in prophecy. But a great persecution had arisen against the early church, and the Christians were scattered abroad. And uh, as they scattered, they went everywhere, and they were communicating and sharing the gospel. In fact, let's read Acts chapter 8, verse 1. It says, uh, it says there was such a persecution. And then verse 4, it says, Therefore, there, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. So there were people that had magic arts and... and uh, you know, there were, they were saying, oh, like there's a guy named Simon, and he was, uh, he was formerly practicing magic in the city, and he was astonished by the people, uh, the, astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And uh, verse 10 says, and they all from smallest to greatest were giving attention to him, saying, this man is what is called the great power of God. See, this is the opposite of what the gifts of the Holy Spirit alight on the church for. The, 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 it's not to uh, embellish an individual. It's, it's, to, it's, it's given out for the common good, and it, the goal of it is love, right? So we are actually a servant movement. We're to be humble. We're not to be attention seekers. We're to try to make Jesus famous, 
and not do it in our own manufacture, but deeply trust God, not be unaware, misinformed, uninformed, or ignorant of the things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. And it's not goofy nor flaky. There are counterfeits to it. Uh, so then there must be the real thing. It must be the real thing. I was watching one of these smuggler shows on TV, and they, they have drug-sniffing dogs. I knew that. They have bomb-sniffing dogs. They have cadaver dogs. They also have money-sniffing dogs. And they were showing where so much Confederate money was coming in from Peru. Apparently, it's a big thing there. And these guys at these ports of entry, these, these uh, uh, customs officers were... Uh, they, had, they had these canines that were trained, and there was a lady that she was uh, coming through, and she misplaced her money. So they got the, the money-sniffing dog to come, and he actually located, it's in the purse, keep looking. So they found it in the purse. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you another word. The, Chelsea's over here. We were at a, a, uh, a frozen yogurt stand out in Los Angeles. And we went in and we ordered up some ice cream on the way to the airport. And when we came out, a woman uh, that was one of the customers, all of a sudden we overheard her and she said, I can't find my keys, I can't find my keys. And so my daughter responded and my wife responded. I looked under the car, you know, we, we looked, uh, let's retrace your steps. And, and um, she rifled through her purse several times. And then Chelsea said, and she must have that, that sniffing canine gift. Because she said, look in your purse. She said, I've looked in my purse. She, I, I saw her empty her purse out. She shook it. She shook it, empty. She, she looked through it. She felt it. And Chelsea said, look in your purse. And it was a word of knowledge. And she said, I, and, the, and the girl looked at, at, at Chelsea and she said, I've looked in it three times. Like she was frustrated. She said, look in it again. And there had been a little tear up on the seam on the top. It was a really nice high-end purse, but it had a, a tear. And her keys, it went like a, acted like a pocket. So it was on the other side of the lining of this really well-made, beautiful purse. And it was on the bottom of the bag where you really couldn't hear the keys. You couldn't, you couldn't hear them jingle and you couldn't really feel it. But the Lord helped the lady, helped us too, because we were getting late for our flight. And I was already like, let's go, man, you know. Uh, but that was holy. And that was a gift of the Spirit. And that was for the common good. And, that, and you know, we were able to say, Jesus loves you, and that, that's a gift from God. And, you know, it's like she's like, whoa, it was, it was a wonderful thing. And there are just many of those kinds of situations. But in the case of John on the Isle of Patmos, in the case of Ananias with Saul of Tarsus, now here Philip. And we read here um, the ministry that's recorded here in Acts chapter 8. And I love this, this snapshot here in, in these. And we'll finish with him here. And, and, and we're going to pray. But, but it, it, it's in verse, we'll start with verse 25. So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Samaria is right next to Jerusalem, and the Samaritans are people God loves and cares for, so he sent people to minister to them. Verse 26, but an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
This is a desert road. So he apparently, he's, I don't know if this is a, in the night. He said get up, but maybe he was awake in the middle of the day and he had a visitation from an angel, an angelic being. Angels are ministering spirits sent to those who are heirs of salvation. And it's really quite a fascinating subject, angels and demons. But with this, he gets this message to go to this desert road. So you see, he gets a bit of information. It's, it's, I'm supposed to get up and I'm supposed to go to this desert road. So he goes to this, and a desert road is a deserted road. Desert, desert, not dessert like ice cream. But, and so then he got up and he went. He got up and he went by this impression, by this leading from the, from the Lord through this angel. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. So in this desert road, in this what seems to be random moment, he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. So here's this magnificent Ethiopian banker guy that is of high rank under a, a high and important uh, woman named Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. This is somebody that is in a high social standing and very significant in the court of a, of a of, if you check out Ethiopia and Eritrea, it's just still just in a magnificent pocket of, of humanity. It's amazing people group, fantastic and fascinating people. It's amazing. And this guy was out there in this desert road and this angel says, hey, go over, go over here to this. So then he sees this guy and he's reading this scroll and he walks up to him, and uh, the, the Spirit says to, to Philip, and I love this, go up and join this chariot. Join this chariot. So Philip ran up and, and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, hey, do you, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, the, the Ethiopian eunuch said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. So there's just so much favor here. There's so much, so much to this word of knowledge. And, the, and, then, and now he has this word of wisdom where he begins to tell him uh, future things and preach the gospel to him. But I want, you to, I want you to get this because I'm convinced the Lord very much wants to do this kind of thing on a more consistent basis in and through our lives. And he doesn't want us to be unaware, ignorant, misinformed, or uninformed. Concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit, he wants us to get sharper today. You, you, you hold responsibility on your job. You have a, a, an sphere of influence. You, you could be single and somewhat isolated, and yet you actually have impact over a number of people in your life. You could be someone that's a master over 1,500 people at your job. Um, and I'm telling you, the Lord, uh, he, he wants to speak to us. He's not a withholder. And um, he wants to give us supernatural wisdom. By the way, there's Bible wisdom in James chapter 1, verse 5, that if we lack it, we could ask of God. 1 Corinthians 1.30, by his doing are we in Christ Jesus who has become unto us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. There is a biblical wisdom and there's, a biblic and there's biblical knowledge. 
Knowledge comes by learning and by, by developing and by maturing. But the word of knowledge is supernatural. The word of wisdom is, super, is supernatural. It's, it's not just somebody, I, oh, that person has a word of wisdom because they're wise. They, they have common sense or they, they've developed in their mind. And they're, you know, it's not like the, the Je- Jeopardy con- con- contestants are operating in the word of knowledge or word of wisdom, although probably some of them have, and that's almost like cheating. But anyway, <laughs> wait a minute, how'd you know that? Oh, I just had a quickening from God, you know. That's not fair. Well, everybody say, join this chariot. T.L. Osborne wrote a book called Join This Chariot, and it was so inspiring to me as a young Christian about the possibility of God and his desire to do things supernaturally. We're to, you know, look, I, I've always desired to pastor this church supernaturally. And I remember Pastor Jack Hayford, who's now since passed, of uh, out in Sherman Oaks, California, and he he had us. We went to a pastors conference, and he said, "We we we have to endeavor to pastor supernaturally." You know, since through the pandemic, it's like, wow, you know, we respect authority. We want to be compliant. We want to not spread disease. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we really, really need to hear from God, not so much the rhetoric of the algorithms on the internet, not so much what people are broadcasting and what their biases are. God doesn't have a corrupt bias. God is pure. And God's message is pure. And we're imperfect, so that's why we've got to stay in the Word and we've got to listen. We're all human. And the most honest and honorable people that I've seen operate amazingly in these gifts always communicate, hey, I may be missing it. I'm a human being. You test this. You judge this. The people that freak me out are the ones who come in and act like they know everything. And that, that was the way that Simon the magician was. It, it, it's, it's, that is not cool. But you look at Ananias. You look at Philip. You look at John. It's like, What? You know, like when John got revelation, he fell down like a dead man. It wasn't like, hey, yeah, I, I frequently hear from, you know. It's like, no, he's like, whoa, my Lord and my God, you know. And, and, and Philip, it's like, he's, all right, I'm at the desert road now. And now he sees some guy and he goes, all right, join this chariot. So he goes over to him and he sees that he's reading Isaiah. And he says, hey, hey are you getting any of that? And he goes, how can I get it unless somebody tells me? Come on up here. You help me out? It's like so much... Oh, I love that. You should have seen the lady when she found her keys. Now that's not like instructing the seven churches in Asia Minor. That's not like raising up Paul of the Apostle. That's not like, uh, you know, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch being radically saved. Listen to what happens to it when he joins this chariot. Look at the outcomes. It's, it, he, he was reading this passage uh, and, he, and it, was, it was from Isaiah 53. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. So he's just at the point where he's reading about the prophetic message from Isaiah about the Messiah Jesus. And Philip, who is this deacon who comes along, he was anointed by God, as a, as a layman in the church, and he comes up and he says, hey man, and he's got this prompting in increments. See, how did we get here? 
We got here by line upon line, precept upon precept. How did you get here? We're just endeavoring to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, right? Right? And so the eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. <laughs> That's so cool, man. And uh, they should have cast uh, Clint Eastwood as Philip at this point. It just feels like that with a hat, you know. And um, he preached Jesus to him. In verse 36, as they went along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, water. What prevents me from being baptized? Uh, so apparently, in preaching Jesus, he was saying that you need to be baptized. So because that's where he said, let's get baptized. So Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He, he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized them. And I love him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. He's like, where'd he go? Oh, well, this is the day, this is the day. Lift Jesus higher, you know. Wherever that guy went, I just got my life changed, dude. I'm gonna go tell Candace the queen. I'm gonna go reshape uh, Ethiopia, which he probably did, because look what God's doing. He's touching Ethiopian's heart still to this day. And Philip found himself at Azotus. And I did the math, and it's about 35 miles away from where he was. And he passed through, and he kept preaching. <laughs> he lands 35 miles away, and he, well, all right, and he keeps preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. It's like, and then all of a sudden, hey, Jesus, have you, you know, and, and it's, I love that. And, and, and I love the idea that as we covet earnestly spiritual gifts, um, as we're no longer unaware, no longer ignorant, no longer misinformed, no longer uninformed, and we delve into this, we are going to, um, set ourselves up for um, availability to the subtle promptings of the Holy Spirit. And how many of you want to be sensitive to His voice and led by the Holy Spirit? We don't want to be flaky or goofy, but we don't want to be dead and cold. We want to be in the flow of what is biblical for today. So let's all stand up on our feet. Hallelujah. I think the best way we can express our desire is just make it our way up to the altar. I'm going to do an altar call, so I'm calling everybody to come forward all through the building. Find your way out. Grab your stuff. Come on up. Let's just, let's just seek after the Lord just for a little bit at the end of the service. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you are intrigued by the stories you heard from the book of Acts today? How many of you have... I mean, that moment, Chelsea, when that, that woman found her keys, I mean, God deployed, like that just underscores how important it is that ice cream and frozen yogurt is a really important food group, 
right? It's like it was, we were right at the right place. Chelsea said that God's hurt, the GPS always leads her to a Mexican restaurant, but anyway, or ice cream. But wherever you're going, at work, you could be driving into your parking spot and get a quickening in your heart about something and begin to pray about it. All it could be is just, I'm just going to cover it in prayer. Or I'm going to contact somebody and say, hey man, I got this in my heart for you and I just wanted to give it to you. Um, and, it, and it could be done in decency and in order. And it could be done to honor God and glorify Him. It could be done to liberate and help people that are in bondage or, going th- or have a blind spot. How about that? Let's lift up our hands. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus and thank you for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's another helper. He's called alongside to help us. Lord, I pray for, um, who's the bald guy that does really good with Greek? Rick Renner. I pray for Rick Renner and for Denise and for their kids and for the church in Russia, their work in the Ukraine, all the stuff they're doing in Tulsa. I pray a coverage on that guy, coverage on their family. I speak protection over them. I speak wisdom over them. I pray you deliver them from temptation, deliver them from darkness, deliver them from anybody trying to mess with them. I pray protection over them in the name of Jesus. Father, we just lift them up to you in the name of Jesus. God, we pray you protect President Biden throughout this term. We come against any kind of maladies, any kind of issues. God, we lift them up. We pray for those in authority over us, and we pray you cover them and protect them. We bind the devil over the United States of America right now. We come against evil, weird behavior. We come against uh, any kind of assassination attempts or any kind of evil from any kind of whatever the agenda, whatever the side or whatever mental illness or whatever demon, whatever evil, whatever darkness, we take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray that there would be a supernatural stirring in each man and woman in this place. I pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit on all of us, Lord. We receive that stirring in our hearts, God. We hunger and we thirst after you because you have admonished us to do so. And you said in in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So God, I pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. I pray for fresh equipping on these saints. I pray the people watching online would get a magnificent surge of help and hope right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you. You are moving mightily on people. You're moving mightily on people. You're opening doors for believers to join this chariot, to go to that desert road and then do the next steps. Help us to be obedient, oh God, to your call and your promptings. Even when, like Ananias, it seems rough and there's hesitation about stepping into certain areas. Help us to overcome, oh God. Help us to step out. Help us to be brave, bold, confident, and moving in supernatural security. We thank you for it. We praise you for it, Lord. Healing belongs to us. Strength belongs to us. You are our help, God. You are so faithful. You are so good, Lord. God, I pray for the revelation gifts. I pray for the the power gifts. I pray for the 
utterance gifts to flow and flourish in our church services, in our households, in our daily lives, on our jobs. We trust you for it in the name of Jesus. We trust you for it in the name of Jesus.